Well, it is good to be with you all. It's um, thankful that we've had the opportunity to study this morning and to worship God together. I know we are a little bit behind schedule, and of all the people that could be speaking today, <laughs> it's probably the I'm probably the longest-winded person that says the same things over and over again. So um, we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to make any promises or guarantees that we're going to make up time, but that's all right. Um, we are going to be in Exodus 13. We'll be in Exodus 13 and 14 today, and this is the story, it's interesting enough, I mean, the uh, the song about Give Me the Bible, it leads into this, but also the invitation song to Canaan's land, I'm on my way. This is about the children, of, they're not children of Israel yet, this is about God's people, the Hebrews, coming out of Egypt. So that's why I got Robin to, to read a couple of those verses. Um, this is when they're about to leave. This is... They have this feast that they have and they partake in, and it is a remembrance for them of what God is about to do, and that he's going to lead them out of Egypt into his promised land that he has promised to them. So that's what we're going to study today. I'll tell you kind of a little bit about why I thought about this, um, where my mind is at. On Wednesday nights, uh, we are studying at uh, the coffee shop over in Atlanta Station. We're studying through Amos. And so this last week, Amos 2, is all about judgment and punishment on Israel, right? Israel is God's people. Well, why is he punishing them? Well, one of the things that, that Amos reveals to them, whether this is just God's words to Amos or just Amos' words to the people, I'm not really sure. But, um, but he specifically mentions that this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. This is what God has done for you, and now look what you've done You've pursued idols. You've pursued a lot of different things. So that kind of had my mind working a little bit about, about Egypt and about God leading them out of Egypt. Because even when we look in the New Testament, there are reminders about this is what God has done for you. And it's usually given in times where the people are not remembering them, when people have kind of left the Lord. So I think it's a good thing for us to go all the way back, look at uh, a very significant time in the children of of Israel's history because this was one of the main things that they were supposed to remember so that they would not forsake the Lord so that they would not go and do their own thing this will help us because we don't need to forsake the Lord we don't need to go off and do our own things so my lesson is basically God's path for his people that's what we're going to talk about so we're going to look at Exodus 13 and 14 and then we're going to make some applications to ourselves First, let's just begin in Exodus 13, and we'll begin in verse 3. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. So we'll stop there. So everything that he's about to say are the things that he wants the people to do in order that they remember. But the focal point is, remember what God has done for you. Remember this day where you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. So they were in a situation, not just, you know, this is not just getting them out of a geographical location. They're in a circumstance, in a situation that is not ideal, that God wants to remove them from this. That's important because later on they're going to say, why did you even take us out of this? And they think of the land and they forget the situation, Right. Because their circumstances change to where they're not ideal as they're on the path to the promised land. That applies to us. So we'll talk about that later on. And then you look at also 
the fact that the source of them leaving this situation is without a doubt God. It is by a strong hand that the Lord is, is, has, doing, has done this or is doing this for you. That's important for us to remember as well. As we consider our path and our life, as we consider, consider our destination that we're hoping for one day, it is only by the hand of God that we will have that. And we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, so this is where he starts. Then he talks about the uh, feast of unleavened bread and uh, all the things that have to do with that. And then he says in verse 8 that he wants them to remember this and to tell their children about this. And not just to tell their children to remember the feast, but to tell the children the purpose of the feast, right? Um, he, God is wanting the people, his people, to never forget what's about to happen. So as we go on down, we will start again in verse 11. When the Lord brings you out, brings you into the land of the Canaanites... As he swore to you and your fathers and shall give to you. So he's hearkening back to the promises that have been made, right? Um, so anyway, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, verse 12, you shall set apart to the Lord all the first opens of the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a, uh, with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to, to come to your son, ask, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrificed to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontless between your eyes. For by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. What's the repeated thing here? By a strong hand the Lord has, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. Another re repeated thing is that you sacrifice the firstborn of the animals. Luckily for the children, that is not the case. You don't sacrifice the firstborn of the children. You redeem them. Um, so that's a, a, obviously a good thing. Either way, it is a focal point on you offer this up to God because of what he's done, because out of, because of his strong hand, his might and power, he's brought you out of the land of Egypt. So then let's pick up in verse 17, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. When Pharaoh let the people go, and by the way, the reason Pharaoh had to let the people go is... He, he felt forced. He, he wanted the people away from him. He, his land had been wrecked. Uh, his cattle and livelihood had been harmed. Uh, his people were angry and bitten, and uh, there was a bunch of pestilence everywhere. And then the firstborn of every family that did not have the blood of the lamb. Uh, the blood of the goat, or whatever it was, over over the lamb, over over the. Uh, I don't know why I used to think lamb and goat was the same thing. They're definitely not. Um, <laughs> so when I was a kid, like I remember the story, but I get the animals confused. Um, so you had to put the over the over the doorpost, right? And Pharaoh's own family uh, was affected by that. So it was just one of those things. It had been building and building and building. Okay, you turn the 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 water and, and it's blood. Okay, well, guess what? You know, guess what my uh, magicians can do. Okay, you can do this with a, a staff turned into a serpent. Well, guess what my magicians can do? Oh, you can send 
uh, locusts everywhere. Well, I, I don't really have a response for that, but whatever, uh, we're not gonna let you leave. Then all of a sudden, his firstborn dies. All right, you gotta get out. So that, that's like where the rubber meets the road. He's had enough. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led them, led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. They might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. So I want to stop here and draw some lessons. So they haven't left yet, right? Like, I mean, they maybe they have, but I mean, in the narrative, this is the plan. This is what God is going to do. And it says specifically that he could have led them up the path of the Philistines. If you know where Egypt is, it just, I mean, just envision it for me for a second. You have Egypt here. Children of Israel have been encamped right here, right? Well, you have this like little peninsula, right? That's kind of like southeast of them a little bit where they're going to cross over the Red Sea. Well, why would they go that way when they can just go straight up? They can just go up the land of the Philistines, right? They could go up the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and be in the land of uh, in Canaan very quickly. Well, the reason is because God knew that if they went that way, they would turn back. They were not prepared. They're, they were ill-equipped for the forces that were before them if they just went that way. They would have gotten scared, and they would have thought, we can't do this. They would have not trusted in the hand, the strong arm of the Lord, if they had gone that way. But it was closer, <laughs> and it made more sense. And why don't you just trust, well, God knows the right path for his people. The path was to go down and around, right, and then come up from the other side. If you look at that path, it makes no sense. But God knows what's best for his people. The path, although it seemed uncertain, the path for, that God has in mind is very certain and clear. And he knows exactly what is going to happen. Not every detail of God's path was made known. It reminds me a lot of when God told Abraham to just go. And that reminds me a lot of some instructions that we have at times. That we have to just go. And we have to do. We have to act. We have to leave. We have to cleave. We have to, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't exactly know all the details of the path. But if we, if we have confidence in the Lord, we should know that his path is clear and certain. Uh, there are obviously instructions that are going to be provided as they go. Uh, God does not leave people in the dark for long. Uh, we even know in the New Testament that there are certain things about a mystery and about God's plan that were revealed later, right? God does not leave us in the dark for long. There might be some times where we are questioning things, but if we will just, as my next point will be, trust in the Lord, then his plan will be, will be revealed eventually. Uh, have you ever had someone that said to you, just, you just got to trust me, right? Just do this. Yesterday I was eating at this uh, burger place in Roswell with a couple of people. Um, I think some of you know both of them. One of them was Bill Sanchez, who has come here and has preached here before. 
And we were at this place called Stacks Burger uh, Bar, I think is what it was. But anyway, and uh, it's pretty good. I'd never been there before. And he said, okay, okay. And, and you know, Bill is just kind of funny the way he talks uh, anyway. But he was, he's like, all right. And he just covers up my menu. <laughs> and this one where he said, you need to get, I, I think it was the Groovy Burger. And I was like, okay. I, now what, what is it? He was like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't look at it. You can't, I don't want you to know what it is. If you don't like it, I'll eat it and you can get something else. But you, you just got to just order it. Just trust me. And I was like, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. That was for a burger. Like, I mean, and I was questioning if I was going to trust a friend of mine for a burger. And then he ordered the same thing. So it's not like he was like, you're leading me down a path of destruction necessarily. Um, but I was leery of even trusting him in, in a burger. And I think that with our life, and with the way we treat people, with the, the decisions that we make, it can be very difficult for us to trust the Lord. Um, because the ramifications are much larger than just something I'm going to ingest, you know, than a burger, you know. Um, and I, maybe some of you can relate to that as well. But the reality is if they had gone the path that made the most sense, they would have failed. They would have turned back. They would have gone back to that slavery in Egypt. And that's the case for us as well. If we Sometimes if we go the path that makes the most sense, we wind up going backwards. We wind up going down the wrong path. We have to trust in the Lord. One of my favorite passages is in Psalm 119, 105, where he says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love songs that incorporate that idea because it's a good reminder for me that not my way, and but rather God's, that God does illuminate the path. And if you look at how he was going to be with the people, he says, I'm going to be like a cloud, a pillar of cloud during the day. And that was to offer some protection, right, to help them. I mean, you, I can only assume that some of that has to be, has to do with how hot it was and how if there was no cloud over them, it would be very difficult on this long path because they're not taking the shortest, uh, shortest route. But also by night, it was, it was a pillar of fire, not so that they would be afraid. I mean, I think of a pillar of fire, and I think, wow, that'd be scare me. I, I guess I, if it was behind me, I would keep going, you know. No, it was, it was almost in front of them. It was above them. It was lighting and illuminating their path. That's what God does for his people. He lights their path, and we just have to trust in him. Although times might be difficult for us to do that, that is the reality. Um, so, so far, what we've seen is God's path is clear, God's path is uh, very certain, although it might not be certain for us. God's plan is certain, uh, and he will take care and take great care of us along his path. The next thing I want to talk about uh, is going to come from Exodus 14, and we'll pick up in verse 10. Exodus 14, and let's, let's read verse 10. I think this also has something to do with trusting in the Lord, because so far we've talked about what, what was behind them and their focus on what was behind them because, you know, they, they were kind of thinking, we need to go. We need to go from here. But they come upon something where then it's like, okay, maybe what was behind us wasn't so bad. Exodus 14, beginning verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? 
leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. I misspoke earlier when I said everything was on the focus of what was behind. Everything so far with God's path has been what's ahead, right? It's about don't go this way because you're not, you're not going to be able to handle that. Go this way instead. Now there's a threat from behind. Um, now you have the Egyptians coming up uh, on their tails, right? Trust is needed as we look behind as well. Because there are things that are hot on our tails that are causing us to think, reconsider our ways and our decisions. As I think about things in my life, I can think about relationships. I can think about relationships that have ended or that have been strained because of the decisions that I made uh, in the Lord. Not just because I chose because I don't like them anymore, but because a certain thing about their lifestyle, a certain thing that was just damaging to me, a certain thing that I just had to make choices like that. A lot of you can relate. Well, when we come upon those times, it can cause us to really reconsider where we are and reconsider the path that we're on. Say, God, why did you lead me down this path? It's going to cause me to be alone. It's going to cause me to not have any friends. It's going to cause me to sit here in a, in a wilderness in my, own, in my own imagination. At least it's a wilderness. Um, it can cause us, as we think about certain passions and, and, and sins and lusts, we can say, but I, I'm, I'm unhappy and I'm just going to die here all alone. And that's not the reality. That is us being afraid and being overly concerned with what's behind us. When we, we already saw, I mean, they already saw the plagues. They already saw the might and the strong arm of the Lord. They should know that God can wipe that out. They should know that God, if he wanted to, could, could lift them up and plop them in the land if he so wanted. And we should have trust in the Lord that the things behind us will not damage us eternally. The things behind us will not harm us for the rest of our life. If we just trust in the Lord and continue walking his path, those things won't harm us. Those things won't have any effect on us in, in, the, um, in the long run. So what about the path that we're on? You know, as we're on God's path, we need to remember that we have much clearer instructions compared to the children, uh, compared to God's people at, at this time. All they knew was pack up and go. Well, we have a lot of instructions about where we're going, about what might be along the way about what to do, what to take. All, we have a lot of instructions, but there are some gaps. There are some decisions that we must make. So that can be difficult at times. We do have a cloud protecting us, and we have a light that is shining in front of us that is guiding our path, though. Um, I don't know if this is what is intended on, in Hebrews 12, but it does say that there's a cloud of witnesses. I think that's interesting. Uh, along our path, we do have a cloud of witnesses. They had a cloud there was a pillar of a cloud, right? That was kind of over them and protecting them in the daytime. We have cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. And we can trust in that. That is a way that God is leading us down his path. But what we also do is we do have his word. And that is lighting our path. The same way the pillar of fire did for them. Part of Israel's problem is that then they come upon a massive body of water. Um, God knew that was there. I guess they didn't. Um, maybe they didn't really know where they were. It seems like they were overly concerned with the Egyptians that were behind them, that then they, they were like shocked when they came upon this uh, great body of water. 
Um, and that, that can definitely be how we are. It, it does remind me of the parable of the soils where the thorns of life, the cares and concerns of life choke out the word. We can get so wrapped up in the things that we've left behind, the things that are here, kind of like we talked about in Colossians, right? Uh, don't set our mind on things on this earth. Why? Well, we need to set our mind on things above. Well, if we do that, then hopefully the things of this life won't cause us to get distracted and overly concerned when we come upon a massive obstacle in our path. Have you ever been in a situation where you were kind of caught up in the ways of the world and all of a sudden disaster hit? Maybe a death in the family. Maybe someone got some terminal illness. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe someone made a terrible decision and now it's affecting your life. Those are times where it is very difficult for us to trust in the Lord and continue walking his path when we're already being overly concerned with what's going on and what's behind us and cares of the world. We're not prepared. We're ill-equipped for those times. If we trust in the Lord, then when those times hit, we still might be a little bit ill-equipped, but we're better equipped for those times when disaster hits our life. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to seek things above like we talked about this morning. Well, let's go on to read a little bit more in Exodus 14. Let's pick up in verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. So, so God's uh, response so far has been, Fear not, and this is verse 13, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, so it's like, take it easy, don't cry, be strong, watch what I'm about to do. Then the next thing he says is, Go, keep walking. <laughs> um it says, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will, let, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Now let's skip down to verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry, sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in, a, in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day, from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. 
Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in, in his servant Moses. First point I want to draw from this is that God's path, although it is clear, it is planned out, and it's something we can trust in, um, it's a very active path. He tells them to go, and that's the same thing for us. Um, our instruction is to go and do. I mean, I, I can't actually list a verse that says just that, but I, th- I hope you understand that as we see instructions in the New Testament about how we are to live, that is God saying, go and do, right? Uh, what, what was one of the first things that Jesus said to those that would be his disciples? Come, follow me. That's the same thing for us. It's a very active path. It's something that will take um, action on our part. You know, this did make me think a little bit about, um, you know, when you go to the uh, airports and you, I don't know what they're called, uh, the like moving walkways, I guess. Um, no, no, not, not escalators, the flat ones. That are, maybe, are those escalators? Tram. I think it's tram. Okay. We'll go with tram. So you have the trams. And so, you know, some people don't like to use those. And I love to use those because I think, like, it took a little bit of effort for me. I got on, and now I can just stand there. Like, And, I, I mean, if I have bags, I can just set them down. And, I mean, it just makes it easy. The truth is, as hard as we think we have it, that's kind of how God's path is. We just got to get on. And now if we if we take some steps and we actually make the effort, it makes it so much easier for us. Because God's path is always going the way he wants it to go. It's always moving forward. And we just have to get on that path. So have you also seen people who uh, they try to be funny and go up the escalators that are going down? That's ridiculous. And, And that's how we are sometimes in our life. Oh, this is something moving. Let me just hop on. It's going the wrong way. It's not going to help you. This is making it harder on you. I'm, I'm not the most stubborn person, I don't think. Um, I know some people that I would, I would say are more stubborn than I am. And even they think that that would be ridiculous. In our lives, we don't need to make things harder on ourselves. Um, we need to get on the path of God because it, although it is active and it takes effort on our part, the reality is that it is an easier path. Now, I, want to, I do want to toss out that we do see in the New Testament that there is a narrow path, a narrow way, and that is the path that leads to God. So that does make it seem like it's difficult. And that is true. However, if we just trust in the Lord, won't we have the same results as what Israel had? We will make it to the other side. So what we also see from this is this whole thing where God made the, made the ground dry ground. It's as if there were never water on that ground as they walked over it, which is amazing to me. And I think that what that says to me is that God's path is also pure. Psalm 19.8 says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's path is completely different than what it would have been. Um, if they had tried to walk on that ground without the assistance of God, there's no way they could have made it. They would have sunk. I mean, it, let's just say somehow the water did part, right? Without the care of God and without his strong arm in, in this situation, that ground would not be dry. There's no way. And as we walk along the path of God without his help, there's no way that we can actually make it. There's no way we can make it to the other side. 
somehow he makes our life and our path walkable. And that's a pretty amazing thing. One thing that I, I do think we need, we need to point out is that God's path for his people is only for his people. Um, the Egyptians tried to go the same way that his people went, and they couldn't make it. They started on that path, but then all of a sudden the waters came down and crashed over them. We need to, we need to really think about that. Um, number one, because it is a thing that we need to think about for ourselves. Am I on the path of God? But another thing is that we need to realize that when Jesus says that he came to bring a sword, and when he says things like, uh, the, I mean, just to paraphrase, that you must hate father, mother, you know, you're not worthy of me, God's path does separate. Um, and that can be very difficult for us to, a different, difficult pill for us to swallow. But that is exactly what we see here in Exodus. That's what we see in the New Testament. And that's what some of us see in our own lives today. And then, if you, as we kind of are wrapping up here towards the end, think back to the very beginning of what we talked about. That the whole point, the whole thing that, that God tells the people is, I want you to remember what the Lord is going to do for you. God's path needs to be remembered as well. You know, when they were going to cross over the Jordan, very similar circumstances, except they don't have chariots behind them chasing them. And it's also, although the Jordan would have been a massive body of water in that day and today, it's not really. I mean, it's something that you could almost jump across. Um, I couldn't. I, I was there. I looked at it. And I couldn't jump across it. Uh, number one, they won't let you because uh, you will get shot if you try. Because you are going from Israel to Jordan, and uh, it's not uh, all that easy. It's not like just taking a drive up to Canada and saying, here, here we go. Um, no big deal. Uh, it is a, a big issue there. But you know what? He told them to take stones and to put them it's kind of like almost in an altar, so to speak, to be stones of remembrance in, in the Jordan so that they would remember all the things God had done for them. We're told that in the days of Noah that there's a rainbow, right? And what is that? It, it, it's supposed to cause us to remember God's might and God's care for Noah and his family to wipe out the violence and the despicable wickedness of the day. You know, God, God also wants us to remember some things. We partook of the Lord's Supper. That's a way for us to remember the great care and concern that God has for us and the fact that he sacrificed his own son. Um, all of this is so that we would remember the path that we're on. And so we remember and um, not just remember it and acknowledge that it's true, but that it gives us motivation to keep trusting in the Lord and continue walking towards him. Um, so God's path needs to be remembered as well. Not just remembered for our sake, but remembered for others. It, we, we do, it is something that we are to pass on. Remember what it said back in, in not Ecclesiastes. We just finished studying Ecclesiastes, so my mind's still there. In Exodus 13, it wasn't just for those people that day to remember. It said that they were also to tell it to their sons and to their daughters, I would assume. Pass it on to other people. That's, what, that's part of our responsibility as well. Um, this isn't just like some movement that we're supposed to go and try to get other people to join. This is something that we should share with people because we care for it so much, because we appreciate God so much, and we want people to be on the same path. 
Um, we want people to realize that their situation, their circumstances in their life are so bad that they are in slavery to something, that they are being oppressed. And for us, that we, what we need to say, it's not a people that they need to, need to be thinking about. It's, it's sin that has caused them to be in slavery and in bondage. And we want to tell them that you need to be freed from that. And if you would just follow God, you can be freed from that. Although there are obstacles, although there are things that are come up from behind that are going to kind of, I guess, cause you to be concerned and think about going back, don't worry about that. You can make it because the strong arm of the Lord is with you. That's our message for people today. And that's the same thing that they were supposed to share with people for the next generations in those days. So as we look at the events of Exodus 13 and 14, and we, and we consider God's path for his people, it was going to get hard for them. We, we didn't even get into the next several chapters as they got into the wilderness and as they wandered and all. I mean, it was going to be very difficult for them. But God's path is certain, is clear, it can be followed. We just trust in him. Um, it's a pure path. It's a path that will get us to our destination. And as long as we trust in the Lord, and as long as we believe in him and we continue to remember what he has done for us, we'll make it there. We won't be in the same situation as the children of Israel in the days of Amos, where they had forsaken the Lord, gone after idolatry, you know, treated their uh, fellow countrymen in a terrible way, taken, took an advantage of people. We, wouldn't, we won't be in that situation. We won't turn from the left or the right. We will continue following the path of God. But we just need to remember, and we need to have confidence in him, that, he will, that it, with, when we are in his care and we are following the path that has been lit, uh, then we will make it there. And I think one of the wonderful things is that this isn't something, you know, when when, um, when uh, the waters came back over the sea, it, like it closed it all up, right? There was no more passage. That's not the case today. I mean, if, if we know some people or if we ourselves are in a situation where, you know, we, we want to follow the path of God, God hasn't closed that up yet. Um, I mean, I know that that's kind of an odd comparison because basically I'm saying, you know, that we might want to think about ourselves as being like the Egyptians or think of others, and we don't want to think about that because we know that they were terrible people. But that's the reality is that if we are not trusting in the Lord, if we're not following him, then you know what? What's to separate us from those people back then? They took pride in themselves. They thought they had the power and the ability to do whatever they wanted, and they walked their own path, and it led them into the into the sea to die. Um, that, will be the, that will be the case for us as well, and that will be the case for even those that we care about and love. So it's, it's on us. It, it is our responsibility to share that with them. I, I hope that this lesson has been helpful, if nothing else, just to take a look at Exodus 13 and 14 and kind of see some things that, that, um, that God has to say to his people and, and how he led them out of their situation into although we didn't get to the promised land yet, but trust me, uh, they get there eventually. It takes them a while. And that's, that's really where we need to see ourselves, is God has led us out of a terrible situation, and we have a great haven of rest that is waiting for us if we just trust him. And I would say that if anyone here needs, to, needs some help with that, needs to ask some questions, maybe you don't feel like you are on the right path, or maybe you know you're not, um, that's a conversation that, that I would love to have with you, and I know there are some other people here that would like to help you in that. 
Because this, this isn't about just do things the way I want you to do them. This is about we want you to do things the way God wants you to do them. Because we have a promised land we're trying to get to. Um, so if you have any issues, if you have anything you need prayers for, or if you need to ask for um, some help in that, we are here for you, if you would just make that known. We are going to have a song that Josh has picked out, um, 706, uh, To Canaan's Land, I'm on my way. It's very fitting that we're going to sing that song, or that that was not planned at all. So um, at this time, if you do need anything, won't you make that known as we sing? <laughs>